don't understand why I always have to be the last. I, I keep saying that for the last 20 years and last 17 years of my career, I always say, why I have to be the last one? But uh, I guess being the last one was a special. Mariana Rivera closed out Sunday's Hall of Fame ceremony. Man, that's perfect, isn't it? I'm John Chandler, and this is the Sports Final Podcast from Cooperstown, New York. How did a kid from a small town in rural PA play enough wiffle ball to make it to the major leagues and pitch there for 18 years? Mike Mussina started the program, and then Mo closed it. And by the time he stepped to the podium, it felt like the bottom of the ninth in the ceremony. Or maybe in the Bronx with all those Yankees fans there. And Bernie Williams, supposed to play Take Me Out to the Ball Game before Moe's introduction, but stuck in a few opening riffs from Enter Sandman, that Metallica classic that has now become a cult song to Yankees fans everywhere. It really was all too perfect as Derek Jeter, Andy Pettit, Jorge Posada, Tino Martinez, and yes, Bernie, all soaked in the moment for their teammate Moe. So did tens of thousands of fans, 55,000 plus to be exact. The second largest crowd the Hall of Fame has seen behind Cal Ripken Jr.'s induction. And they made that field that stretched out the stage kind of feel like the bleachers in the Bronx. Or even better, they made it feel like Moe's native There were people from Panama all over the field, and they could be heard all around, waving flags, chanting, stomping their feet, and cheering for their native son, Mariano, who joins Rod Carew as the only two from Panama to enter the Hall of Fame. And even Mariano left the press conference at the end of the day, clutching a tiny Panamanian flag. He comes from humble roots, and he has never forgotten those. And he even alluded to them in his speech, of course, telling the story famously of Chico Heron signing him back in 1990 for $2,000, a glove, and a new pair of shoes. And that was enough for Mo to go play baseball. It wasn't always easy. Mariano, looking at Derek Jeter, told the story of the day he and DJ actually got sent back down to the minors from the Yankees. I have another friend with me also, and they sent me down. And they sent him down to, with me too. That was Mr. Derek Jeter. Can you believe that now? <laughs> they both sent it out the same day. We were belated. We were almost literally crying in Bellingham's New Jersey. Couldn't believe it, but that, all, that only makes us stronger. That was one of the lighter moments. Of course, the ceremony was quite somber, too. Brandy Holiday, Roy Holiday's widow, took the stage on Sunday, somehow holding it together in such a difficult moment for her. It was an incredible show of strength. This is not my speech to give. I'm going to do the best I can to say the things I believe Roy might have said or would have wanted to say if he was here today. The thank yous could and should go on for days when you consider the impact so many people have had on Roy's career. And Brandy and Roy's sons, Braden and Ryan, were also there. Braden spoke afterwards, also quite strong, addressing the media in the press conference when he was asked what did he learn about his dad through this whole process. For me, when I talk to people more in baseball, I get to see like a different side because most of the stuff I saw was just uh, 
like his more personality stuff, like him just being stupid. So when when I get to be around like players who talk to me about like how early he would get up and things like that, like it's it's just a different side I get to see. So I got more stories about like uh, like work ethic and things like that as opposed to like uh, like just more personality type deals. Now Mariano and Roy Halladay had a fairly special relationship. Randy brought along a baseball to Cooperstown that Mariano had given Roy, marked up to demonstrate the proper grip for the cut fastball. It is sitting on the third floor encased right now in Cooperstown, and it's still marked up. You can see those three lines drawn on it sitting in the exhibit instead of back in Roy's locker or trophy case where it should be if he were still alive today. And speaking with Mariano about Roy Halladay, you get the sense of just how badly he wishes he was here like everyone else today. Of course, if you don't know the backstory, it's 2008, and Mo got into a little bit of trouble with his Yankees teammates when he helped Roy Halladay learn how to throw a cut fastball. Helping a competitor learn the pitch that would make Mo into a Hall of Famer. His teammates kind of find him in their old kangaroo court for that. We got the chance to see that ball on Saturday, and we did get the chance to talk to Mariano about all of these things going through his mind on the eve of the ceremony, including Roy Halladay. It wasn't exactly an intimate, private setting, but it wasn't a large press conference. We in the media call that a gaggle or a scrum. And Mo spoke about Halladay and why it was so important to him to help Halladay learn that cutter, even if it was the weapon that he used to dominate the ninth inning. It's pretty evident just how important Halladay is to Mariano and how important it is to share this Hall of Fame class with the late Blue Jays and Phillies pitcher. Well, I mean, I didn't trace it. He, he did that. But at the same time, uh, you know, when you have a whole uh, all-star games, you always chip shot with the guys and uh, changing some, you know, success. And they're just talking. And uh, uh, I was talking with Holiday, and uh, he told me how he asked me how I throw the quarter and uh, I teach him. And, uh, you know, he did good. My guys got mad at me because, I mean, I teach him. But it's all right. You know, that, that's part of me. I tell you what, I'm going to put it like this. If I would charge the guys that I give advice, I think I will make a lot of more money. That's how many people, how many players, hitters and pitchers I spoke to and I give them advice. So it's part of me, you know what I mean? I always want people to do good and, and people to have success. So, I mean, if I had to do something for them to be successful, I would do it. How badly do you wish? I mean, we all wish Doc Halliday was, was here for this oh moment. Oh, my God. It's, 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 again, you know, all these questions are great questions because, I mean, I wish that he can be here. You know, he earned it. He deserved it. And uh, he gave us a lot of great memories. And a guy that always was giving his best and never give up. As the accolades are piling up, as you have success in your career, at what point do you start thinking Cooperstown's a possibility? Uh, when the career was done. At that point, I said, well, I might have a chance to Cooperstown. We'll see what happens. And uh, I end up here. Never before, as, no, as no, you're playing no. so well. And... See, I never I never thought like that. I never even thought that I will make no All-Star teams. You know, I, I didn't play for those type of things. I played to win championships. And that's what I was focused on. And the rest was just blessing from the Lord. Have you ever had a chance to walk around here and just kind of absorb it all? No, uh, I don't think I'll be able to walk around I mean, without, I might have to have the whole army <laughs> around me to walk around here. Even in years years before though, like have you ever been out here I've and just been, been to the museum? I've never been here before. Only in uh, January when I came here and it was freezing. <laughs> so I didn't want to walk around. 
Looking, Thank for, you. looking Thank forward you. to seeing Jeter next year? Yeah, yeah, of course. Of course. Looking forward Jeter, to seeing Jeter. Uh, go uh, anonymous? I don't know. You ask the writers. <laughs> I can, if, if for me, he will get my vote. But we'll see. In, in pitching the ninth inning, a lot of guys struggle with that inning in particular. They're good in other innings. From a mentality perspective on the mound, how did you frame the ninth inning in pitching, knowing there's... Well, I mean, again, it's no... When you go into the game, you either tie or winning the game or tie. You know, and it's not tomorrow. So you have to do your job. And uh, you... At least that's what I try to do. You know, going to the game knowing that I have to face... I don't want to face more than three guys. Just get it done and, and, and move on. You know, sometimes, I mean, not sometimes, always it's hard, you know, but that's why they put us in that situation because they know that we have the uh, ability to get it done. So, you know, and, and sometimes it gets harder for others, and, but you have to continue pushing forward. What do you think the boss would say to you today? Here? What is that? What do you think the boss would say to you? That's one person that I would love for him to be here because, I mean, I know that he would be proud of me. For sure, he will be proud of me, and uh, he will be. Uh, he will say, "Kid, great job." He always called me kid. How bad do you want to see him in? Oh my God! Uh, if I had to give it all, I would do that. Being a Yankee is already an exclusive club, and then being a Yankee in part of the Hall of Fame, even more exclusive. What is it like to be part of that kind of group? What is it be part to be exclusive for the New York Yankees is something beyond measures. You can measure that. You know, I mean, yes, we're in the. Uh, the pinstripes or and seeing it, you know, all over the world is something special. You mentioned your respect for Jackie. What does it mean to you to be enshrined in the same place with him as Cooperstown? Again, no words for that. You know, that mean as minority, he gave us everything that he had for us to to come in. And uh, he did it with class. So for me, for me to be a minority and wear his number, Something special. Now, the interview ends with Mo. At around the same time, Harold Baines, Lee Smith, Edgar Martinez, and Mike Messina are also holding their breakout sessions with reporters from their respective teams and cities. It's being held in a tiny gym in Cooperstown, and for Moose, Baltimore was clearly as big of a deal to him as the Bombers. So we rushed over to try and get a few questions with Mike Musina. And while he had a rep of being awfully prickly with the media, to say the least, he is a simple, no-nonsense guy who just didn't like the limelight. He even admits while he was with the Orioles, he told himself he would never pitch in New York. Too big of a market for a small-town Pennsylvania kid. But then Joe Torre called. And Joe Torre and Brian Cashman can be pretty convincing. And that promise was quickly forgotten. Mike Musina would spend his entire career pitching in the AL East. Demanding, for sure. With the Yankees, with the Orioles, with the Red Sox, with a Blue Jays team that was coming off of winning a couple of World Series early in the 1990s. It was tough sledding, even for a Hall of Fame pitcher. You know, the Red Sox were a rivalry. Uh, and when I was in Baltimore, we had, we had some good years. So we created some rivalries for those years with the Yankees, with the Red Sox, with the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays had just won the World Series a couple times in the early 90s when I first came up. So there were some, there were some, uh, there were some, tough, some tough teams going on right at that, at that moment, in the, especially in the 90s. And uh, yeah, it was... It was it was every time it was a league and you know a Eastern Division game. It was there were big crowds and people were into it and especially especially New York and Boston. 
uh, going up there or them coming to New York. Uh, really good for us, I mean, visiting Boston, you're, you're warming up in the bullpen and the people are six feet behind you and, and letting you know what they think. It's, uh, it's challenging to focus in on what you're doing, but uh, yeah, it was, I, I mean, I was, I was a better pitcher because of it to, to, deal, with, to deal with stressful situations and, and all the stuff that comes with going out there and doing what I was trying to do. Uh, those, those series and those uh, games against uh, especially the Red Sox and the Yankees were, were real helpful in, in, in making me a better player. One more question. What kind of best thing about being most One more question? What kind of best thing about being most teammate? The best thing? The best thing. Uh, besides what he did? Whatever you can fix. I don't know if there's a best thing. I mean, we have a really good relationship. We always have. Uh, and I can give him grief, and he can come back at me. And it's it's. And even if I haven't seen him for three, four, five years, uh, obviously to be a starting pitcher and know that he's back there to finish out the game. Uh, most likely, I'm going to need help. Him and some other guys probably, but he's going to be back there to finish it off and get those last three outs or more. Uh, that's, I mean, that's that's a uh, comforting feeling as a starting pitcher. But it's it's. It's great to come here after the, all those years and be able to sit down with Mo and still feel like it was the same as it was 10, 12, 15 years ago when we, when we did it back then. And, and I still think he's older than I am, but he, he will not admit it. And, and we still go on about that stuff. That's, that's why it's great. And, and I'm, I'm, it's awesome that I get to go into the Hall of Fame, the same, the same group that he does. Of course, it really was perfect having Bucina start this ceremony and Mo close it because that's the way it was for them during Moose's eight years in the Bronx. And Bucina didn't pretend to be oblivious to the fact that Mariano really is the headliner for this Hall of Fame class. In fact, Mike even had a line in his speech asking, what am I doing here among all of these greats? He delivered it in that classic deadpan. Joe Torre even teased him for it. And Musina admits he wasn't sure this day would ever come. His numbers have long been the subject of debate. He never won a Cy Young Award, never won a World Series, didn't win 300 games. But Musina is easily remembered as one of the most dominant starters in his era. I mean, I think I, I, took, pride in, I took pride in both uniforms that I put on. Uh, you know, they, 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 they entrusted in me a job. Uh, they... They, they wanted me to go out there and, and give our team and our organization the best chance to win on that day. And, and I tried to do the best I could at it. And you know, New York was willing to bring me in and, and stick me in a rotation and, uh, off of a championship season, off of three championship seasons in a row, and, and give me a chance to be part of that. And, and uh, you know, I appreciate them uh, allowing me to do that. Uh, it was, I mean, I, I love putting on the uniform in New York. I'm, playing at old, you know, is it old Yankee Stadium or is it Yankee Stadium 2? What is it? Because they got three of them now? So, so whatever, it was, it was great. I, every year was awesome. And like I said, when we get to the second, you get to August, you get to September, and the games are still important, it's, it's, a, it's, an, it's a good year. And so, because I was, you know, I had tough years in Baltimore where it wasn't like that. So you appreciate it when you, when you get a chance to have it. And uh, I love putting on the uniform in New York for those years and, and being and, and taking out going out there and, and taking a shot at winning it. When you like, one of my favorite Mo memories was when you uh, refused to come out and yelled at, at Tory. Yeah. When you come out of that game. You guys talk about that? You and the, uh, Mr. T? I, I, yeah, I've talked to Joe. I apologize more than once. Uh, I was a little emotional. It's a little bigger story than that. 
than just Ooh. the fact that I yelled at him because I had a shutout going and something happened behind me and then I didn't have a shutout anymore. Ah. So I was a little fired up. And so I turned and saw him coming. I just reacted to that. But I've apologized to him. He's fine with it, especially since I got the next guy out. You got to be a competitor, man. That's all that. So uh, I got the next guy out. We won the game. And uh, so everything was good. Um, but, uh, yeah, for some reason, people are bringing that back up on back home. They pull it up once in a while and ask me about it. It's one of those semi-viral things, I think, that people just, the kids just ask. Uh, now that I'm in the Hall of Fame, all these kids who are growing up with my kids don't remember me ever playing because it's been too long. They were all too young. So now that this has happened, they want to pull stuff up and, and, see what it, and see what it really looked like, if I was any good or not. And that one of those, that's one of those things that pops up a lot because just because. So This is as memorable a class as the Hall of Fame has had. Two designated hitters, a pair of aces, and two of the game's greatest closers. In fact, Lee Smith had a great line remembering his brief few months with the Yankees in 1993. He said, Turns out they didn't actually need a closer. They would have somebody for that role very soon. It was John Wetland in between he and Mariano Rivera, but it was a nod to Mo. And as much as this class will be remembered for Smith and Moose, Doc Halliday and his incredibly strong wife and sons, for Edgar Martinez finally breaking through on the ballot to the delight of the legion of Seattle Mariners fans who flew out to Cooperstown for this moment. And of course for the understated Harold Baines who let his legendary bat do the talking. Mariano Rivera was the headliner, the first unanimous inductee into baseball's Hall of Fame. And next year, it's Derek Jeter's turn. In Cooperstown, I'm John Chandler, and this is the Sports Final Podcast.